you're going to get 10% of your database. So, for instance, if you only had 100 people that you knew and you applied a 36 touch system to them, that's 10 transactions in a year. Yes. That's almost 100 grand in earned commission. Yes. With only 100 people. Yes. That's pretty darn simple. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elevate, a podcast for driven real estate professionals. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to bring to you a force of nature, guys. <laughs> like she is a force of nature is Meredith Rigdon. Meredith, how you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. How are you? Good, good. I got to tell you, in the short relationship that we've had, I am so impressed by you. Thank you. Every conversation that we have, and you've got exciting stuff coming up, which we'll, we'll, we'll give a little teaser on in a little bit. Yeah. Every time we have a conversation, every time we sit down and talk, I'm always just finding myself nodding my head when, when you're talking and you're, you're talking about what you got going on and you talk about what's coming up and you talk about your philosophy behind what you do and, and, and how you want to do it well. I just find myself always agreeing with you. And it's rare that we find people like that. And so I just want to say congratulations on all your success. Things have just been blowing up for you and I'm excited for you. Thank you. That's a like. That's quite the introduction. Feel special. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's easy when you give us good content. That's easy. So, so Meredith, um, I first off want to start with who you are. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about who Meredith rigged it in. H how did we get here today? So it's interesting. I'm originally from here, which is interesting. You know, Greenville and the Upstate. We've gotten so much positive press and accolades probably in the I would say in the past five years probably since the Swamp Rabbit was built and Main Street really took off we've become the kind of place where people go I don't know that I've met anybody who's from here right. you are You're a local. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few you and I went to rival high school that's right yeah we were both band nerds that's right so 100% for people who knew me back when I grew up in Piedmont mm -hmm. and Piedmont existed before Pattersville Everybody now, Pattersville has a high school, but I grew up on a farm. Um, my grandfather was an entrepreneur and a cattle farmer. I was a band Very nerd. cool. I was 100% music when I was in school. I didn't do athletics. We can get into that. But a lot of people think that I must have been a high school or college athlete, but that's that's not the case. Because you are crazy active now, right? Because yeah. you, you're, yeah. how many Ironmans are you, do you have planned for the I, next? Uh, so I just wrote, actually this, yeah, I just wrote my 2023 schedule. So I'm a triathlete and I'm doing four half Ironman races next year, <laughs> which is pretty normal. Um, well, not for most people. <laughs> I guess not. Oh, okay. So that's normal In your for community, me, yeah. Right? Oh, that's normal yeah. for you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, started running because my um, fiance and then who became my husband at the time was a college athlete. He cool. was a soccer player, uh, cross country, and I'm tall and I'm big bones. Like, I know this about myself, right? I'm not the girl who's ever just going to be skinny. And I refuse to have this athletic husband and me just be this huge. <laughs> so it started as a vanity thing. Thankfully, I now have an incredible coach who's a sport dietitian. And now it's truly a health thing. That's really, very cool. It impacts every area of my life for the better. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I got to tell you, every time I talk to you, you've always you're, you're always working and you're you're biking and you're yeah. running and you're swimming. You're getting yeah. ready for the next one. It's so yeah. impressive. I mean, this. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It truly, I tell people it's my quiet time. Because nobody, I mean, you can call me because I can see my calls come through on my Garmin. Even if I'm on my bike, they push through the computer screen. 
Um, but I, I, don't, I don't always answer. It depends. Right. I shouldn't give that secret up. Right. Depends who you are if I pull over and answer. But it is. It's my quiet time. I work out all my problems, and then I go back, and I'm better. That's cool. Yeah. So you've had an interesting history before you became an agent. Yes. Do you want to kind of take us through, like, what 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 were your what were your previous roles before yeah. you decided to go into business for yourself? So yeah. So I've only been a real estate agent. This is my fourth year selling, which is it's crazy how fast and how quickly you can build a business. Yeah. Um. But I finished Clemson marketing degree. I knew I always wanted to work in marketing. I love branding. I love brand strategy. That yeah. fires me up. Um. To this day, like I know a lot of the people who are behind some of the biggest brands that we know, and I think it's fascinating That's to follow cool. them. So the bulk of my career was with Michelin and first in sales, they moved me to Los Angeles. Um, so my first sales territory with them was in Los Angeles and then they eventually brought me back before the first housing market crash that we all are familiar with. I literally got out by the skin of my teeth. Wow sold a condo in LA. I had one of those interest only loans that you can't get anymore. Right. And I was married at the time. And I remember he was very, very, very conservative financially. And when we signed those papers for that interest only loan, he said to me, we should not be doing this. Huh. Like it was, <laughs> banks were crazy. Yeah, that's right. you, just, you want money? I got money. You can have it. You yeah. got a good job. Um, so we literally got out by the skin of our teeth before the market crash came back here. I was with Michelin in corporate marketing for almost 10 years. Got what I really thought was my dream job. I had a country marketing role for agriculture, which for a girl who grew up on a cattle farm, very cool. I was going to farm shows. I got to drive the big combine with all the software, and you would be amazed. Very cool. Farmers, I still to this day, real estate um, agents, the good ones are business people. Um, a lot of people don't realize farmers are business people. They're incredible business people and going yeah. to these shows and learning their stories and just bringing products to them that would make their operations more efficient um, is an incredible business. Interesting. So, and then I was recruited by Sealed Air away from Michelin, they probably called me for like a year. And I kept saying to them, don't call me. I work for the world's most respected brand. I mean, I, I was full of myself, right? Like <laughs> I work for Michelin. If you heard of the Michelin man, cause I work for him. Um, and and Michelin, by the way, is a great company. It's an incredible I, it's company. A, yeah, it's a great company. And I had no intention of ever leaving. Yeah. And something, the recruiter just hit me the right way one day. And she said, I really think I just want you to come meet this VP of communications. They wanted me to help them build their first corporate communications department for the global sealed air brand. Oh, cool. At the time they were bubble wrap and cryovac and all of their um, divergent verticals. They were combining them to be one brand. Oh. And so that was what I was going to be a part of. That was interesting. But she said, this VP is a huge fan of women and he and his wife both went to West Point and just come meet him. And I thought, Okay, like I, I'll I'll give the guy a shot. And I remember they flew me to New York. Obviously, I was still employed by Michelin. Now all my Michelin <laughs> friends are gonna find this out. So I'm wearing a suit. I'm taking a flight out of GSP, which is Michelin land. And I'm were you getting there, on the plane like this oh the whole time? Oh my gosh! I was like, if if anybody sees don't make me, eye contact. Don't make like, eye contact. What are you doing? Right? Because if I was going to an ag show, I would have been wearing the polo and my boots right. and. Um, somehow like that was a God thing. Nobody saw me. Like I, you know, flew up there. They picked me up in a limo. They take me to this guy's office. He was incredible. Of course, like he won me. And at the time I told my husband, 
The only way I will leave is if they give me this number. I get home and literally it's in my email. It's the number. And I'm like, (laughs) meant to be great. Awesome. It was one of those things where I was like, I guess I'm changing jobs. I mean, like I said it, I put it out there and now I have to do it. Right. So um, unfortunately, after that happened, then I found out that Sealed Air was moving everybody to Charlotte. Hmm. They were consolidating all of their offices. And I had three years to move. They were very generous with me about the move, but it ultimately came down to I didn't want to leave Greenville hmm. because I was from here. And once I came back, I really wanted to stay. And we had young kids. And I'm so thankful we didn't go because of what happened later in life. But um, I started having freelance jobs fall in my lap where I was involved locally on a nonprofit for cycling safety. And a guy came to me and said, this is the coolest story. He said, "Um, you, I was in a meeting with all these people in city hall and we all walked out and this guy had stared at me the whole time. And I was like, is he creepy or do I know him? Or like, when you're a girl, you're like, why are you staring at me? Like, just introduce yourself, right? He waits on me in the hall and I was, I walked out and I was like, hi. And he goes, you know how to do marketing. And I said, I do. And he (laughs) said, and you're a cyclist. I was like, I am. And I'm like, what is, and he said, will you please, like, will you please help me? And I said, what do you need? And he said, I'm in charge of the USA Pro Championship that's coming to town. Whoa. And I have no budget. And George Hincapie is going to be here and like all of these people. And it's important to the city. We have no budget for the PR and marketing. Can you help me? Interesting. And I was like, well, I have a full-time job. And now all my sealed air people are looking to find this out too. Here's all, this is the story of Meredith's secrets. So I'm like, yeah, I guess this is what they call a side hustle, right? So I took that one little freelance job. Literally word got out after that. And I want to say he may have paid me $200. I can't remember. It wasn't, I didn't even have to report it. It was so low. But remember I went home my coaches at the time, I got them in. There was a VIP section right there on Main Street. They introduced me. This would have been, my nine-year-old was a baby, so this would have been eight years ago. The guy who gave me the job introduced me to George Hincapie. I couldn't speak. It was like I froze, you know, because I'm like, you're, you're Lance Armstrong's bestie. I mean, I couldn't, I could not speak. I was such a dork. Um, so, hey, George, <laughs> um, which that has come full circle too, which I can talk about that. Um, but that kind of became, I went home that night and I said, what if I actually tried to get jobs on my own? Like this just kind of came to me. And so then I ended up making a plan and starting my own marketing company, doing work for people and companies who couldn't afford agencies or couldn't afford an employee. And also doing work for agencies who couldn't afford people like me because I ended up with a really specific skill set in the work that I had done at Michelin and Sealed Air. And I had my own legitimate marketing company. Interesting. I was able to walk away from that big number Sealed Air gave me. Um, It was, I I burned the ship like big time. Wow. Okay. So there's so much to unpack. I I now know why I'm nodding my head all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Because you you do, you're kind of coming into real estate with a very specific skill set around marketing and branding Mm -hmm. that is probably a lifetime of education that most other agents don't have, right? I would say so. Yeah, which is very cool. That's awesome. 
Um, well, so then how did you fall into real estate? How, how'd that, how'd that so come So that came about because um, one of my first clients who was the Swamp Rabbit Inn, it was Wendy Lynham who started the two Swamp Rabbit Inns. There was one in Greenville and one in Traveler's Rest. I, and this, this is where we talk about lead gen and prospecting. She was interviewed on NPR. I used to listen to NPRs before everybody had satellite radio. When no kidding. I take my daughter to school in the mornings. I think it's called, they have a Carolina business show. That's right. She was interviewed and I was listening to this woman talk about cycling and being an entrepreneur and her passion for marketing. And I Googled her and found her. This would have been, had it been five or six years ago. It was when my company was fairly new. And I said, I heard you on NPR and I would love to come talk to you. Like, I want to learn from you because I just started my own marketing company. If I could do some work for you, that'd be great. But I just want to meet you because of what you've started and what you've done. Um, And she was totally open. She was like, yeah, come meet me. So I think we met for breakfast or lunch or something. She ended up hiring me because she needed help with her social media. She needed some PR for some events she was doing. I knocked it out of the park. I'm not sure how, but I did because I was (laughs) like... If I can succeed for her, one of the greatest things about working for her was how much I learned from her. Hmm. She's still to this day my marketing mentor. I go to her and I sit down with her. She's the reason why I'm going all in on video. Yeah. Um, the, the notes in my notebook from her on video because she is a marketing genius. But Wendy um, had a real estate project when I was working for her for the Swamp Rabbit Inns that she was trying to get off the ground and she wanted me to do the branding for it. And because of license laws in South Carolina, what I was going to do was kind of on the edge of of broaching license law. And so she said, get your license, let's do this branding, and then you can be my on-site agent. And it'll be another income stream. Because Wendy is a brilliant businesswoman who knows you can't just have it all in one place, right? 100%. And after I got my real estate license, the my then husband father of my kids died by suicide and wendy said to me and i obviously had to take some time off from work because it was very unexpected sure um the marketing and pr is very demanding real estate's demanding in a different way right you can get leverage and help for real estate marketing and pr is intellectual work that i could not sub out right so there was a, a different kind of demand there and wendy said what if you sold 12 houses a year? Like her development didn't come through. Hmm. She couldn't get the utilities, just couldn't make it happen. And she said, go get a broker, like go sell real estate. Cause I think you'd be good at it. So wow. she's, it was a client from my marketing company that led me into real estate. That's incredible. It was wow. going to be a side hustle. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I'm sorry about your husband. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. what I want to do is I want to kind of talk about what do you feel like you've pulled from all that experience? Because it's becoming crystal clear to me now yeah. that your prior experience in marketing and branding and what you've been able to pull out of those experiences that you've had working for those incredible companies, mm-hmm. right? And then going into business for yourself, figuring out how to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and taking some time to, to, to organize things well in your mind on how everything should work, how to pull everything together. And then basically that's, that's a, that's a hurricane force wind that you're now bringing into the real estate world as an agent. Right. So I'm curious if you don't mind sharing, what do you feel like you've pulled from the, the years and years of experience that you've spent with those companies doing your own thing as, as an entrepreneur, working in your own marketing agency or building your own marketing company and Mm -hmm. 
What are you pulling from that? And what are you bringing into the real estate space that you feel like would be helpful for other agents to know? So I think first and foremost is people. Um, I, I can say without a doubt that where I am today has not happened on my own hmm. at all. It's been leaders, directors of marketing, um, people seeing things in me and calling them out, coaches and mentors pouring into me. Um, Haro, who's a local owner here of the Haro Group, who like I, I just I will always look up to him. He's got an incredible team. He's so busy, but he finds time about three times a year to sit down one-on-one -on -one with me. We text all the time. We Instagram message. Um, but it's that time when he can look at me and say something impactful or see something in me. My business coach, Wendy's a great example. There's a person who I can point to who's the reason why I'm in real estate, right? That guy at City Hall is the reason why I realized I had the opportunity to do work outside of a corporate environment. Interesting. So for me, it is humility to allow other people to lead me and to give me, um, I, I would say, constructive feedback so that I can be better because there's so much you just don't know on your own. Uh, have you found, I don't think that's easy for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think everybody does that, right? I, I've, I've encountered a lot of agents who choose to generally try to go it alone. And they, I, I'm not sure if it's because they're afraid of criticism. You openly invite it, right? You know how to laugh at yourself. <laughs> and you know, we, we just did a video project yeah. last week and we're kicking some stuff off. And we before you came in, before we started recording, you know, we were laughing about some of the stuff in the video. But that's, that's actually not an easy skill for most people. That's not an easy thing to be able to kind of laugh it off and to be able to take criticism mm -hmm. constructively, hopefully, right? Mm -hmm. But to take construct, constructive criticism, do you have any advice for people? How do you do that? Um, I think you've really got to, I think it's humility. I think, and I've said this, one of my best friends in the business who works for another broker, he and I talk all the time. And those agents with the huge egos. Um, Especially only, the last few years. <laughs> it only goes so far, yes. you know, and yes. if you're not willing to be open and learn and, and for some people, and we can talk about this, I've been through probably the worst tragedies of my life in the past four years. Um, sometimes it takes that. It takes getting knocked down. Maybe it takes that for everybody. I don't know. But, and then also in sport, you know, I'm very well aware in sport of my limitations, hmm. you know, and the only way to overcome those limitations is that outside perspective. Perfect example is the pool, right? So my coach can tell me what to do. I can watch all the YouTube videos and then I go get in the pool and I feel amazing. Like I'm staring at that black line. Oh, it feels amazing. I'm doing this. My coach could walk up and be like, they call it petting the kitty. Like when you're not, you're supposed to grip it and rip it. He's going to laugh. Hopefully he'll watch it. He's like, Meredith, you're petting the kitty. And the whole time, like I've been like, no, I got this. Like I'm nailing it. It's somebody standing up on the deck who can see it from another level that can totally change your game. You just, you can't. You're in the water. You're doing the thing. You've taken all the advice and everything in. But until you have somebody else's eyeballs on you, you can only see so much. Interesting. I just, yeah, I think that applies. It's like somebody seeing pictures of me at a race and my coach going, I know what's happening with your run now. Like she can see a picture of me running and just say, I see where it's breaking down. Hmm. Here's what we got to work on. I can't see that because I'm not a coach. I'm the athlete. You Interesting. Know? I think we all need a leader. 
That's interesting. I love the idea of humility because mm. I think that that's so important. I think for a lot of people, uh, typically when I get with a, a, a new agent, um, the conversation is usually around, and I think we actually did this when we had lunch. I said, so what are your goals? Like, where are you? I was like, catch me up. I, I actually literally do this with every agent. Yeah. Catch me up. Let me know who you are and what yeah. you're doing. What are your goals? Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because typically the conversation usually revolves around or gets to this point where I say, that's, that's amazing. Like, those are amazing goals to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, first off, are they high enough? Are they big enough? Mm -hmm. Or do they scare you a little bit? Because mm -hmm. hopefully they, they should and they do, right? Yeah. And then the next point is, do you want to hit that goal in three years, six years, or 16 years, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing that's so impressive about you is that you have... Number one, you pay homage to your to your mentors. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know how many conversations, and we haven't had that many yet. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a lot more, and I'm excited about it in the future. But every single time that we do have a conversation, you always, always talk about how thankful you are to your mentors, you know, mm -hmm. or, or the experience that you've had with your mentors. So I think for a lot of agents, the question always comes down, if you're trying to do this by yourself, are you wanting to get to your goal in three years, in 10 years, in 13 years, in 20 years? If you want to get to that goal faster, you have to surround yourself with people who are not only going to encourage you and drive you that's that, and push you. That's that's a big part of it for sure. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that I, I want to say this is an Alex Hermosi thing, but paying down, I was talking to you earlier, that, that, that yes. uh, ignorance tax, right? Yes. Like yeah. paying down, like going through the process of finding out what it is that you don't know mm -hmm. because there's uh, you don't know what you don't know finding right. out what you don't know mm -hmm. and then getting being coachable and getting feedback and helping you through and paying down the ignorance tax as fast as possible that's how you get to that goal fast mm -hmm. right so and it seems like you've done that so well in every stage of your life it seems like you've done that super well the people i look up to do that so i guess it's not it's not a new idea and it's not something i came up with you know i know that my coaches are coached i know that um and that's such a good point yeah <laughs> Such a a great coach has a coach. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, there's a guy in Asheville. He owns Johnson Property Group with Keller Williams in Asheville. And he came and spoke at our stakeholder meeting. I think it was July or August. And he said um, he goes to every single training he can possibly go to. Mm. And this guy is leading an incredible team that one day I'm going to, mine's going to be just like his, right? Like that's who I'm looking up to and that's what I'm going for. That's what he's doing. So that's what I'm going to do, you know? And that's, that's the culture of Keller Williams is when we figure out what works, we share it so that other people can come do it too. It's a very open and it's a very giving culture. Um, we don't, we don't keep secret what it is we're doing. That's making us successful. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's, uh, and I want to talk about KW here in a second, because okay. I've got a big soft spot in my heart for KW uh, because everybody that I've worked with there has, there's a culture of family that's there. That's unlike anything else that I've seen, mm -hmm. but so we'll get to that. Yeah. But I, I, I want to get to the humility thing for a second too, because okay. Talking about humility, and I, I, again, I think this is a very difficult thing for a lot of people. You showcase vulnerability mm -hmm. in a very real way. You have you have no problem with just being honest, mm -hmm. just being open and honest, right? You, you're not you're not looking for you're not looking for a handout. You're not looking for people to do the work for you, but you're very open and honest about just saying, "Hey, here's what I know. This is what I don't know that I don't know mm -hmm. about this thing that I know." And just being open about that. Most people, I feel like, especially agents, they have this kind of air of professionalism about them. And, you know, they try to hide the fact that they're not sure what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. They try to hide the fact that they're not sure what to do next, mm -hmm. right? What's the most next important thing to mm -hmm. do? 
they 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 typically try to bury those things and not showcase the fact that hey, like I'm I'm like there might be a better thing to be doing right now instead of what I'm doing. Do can you give me some feedback? That that typically is not a conversation for them. Do you feel that way? Are you is that is that oh, something yeah. that you feel like you agree with? Do you do, do oh, you yeah. see that about yourself that you're that you're that you're open and just honest? Yeah, and actually, I will say so. Honesty is huge for me. My kids know in our house, it's, it's me and my 13 year old daughter and my nine year old son. And and we've got two really big rules and it is no mean people. So we're going to be kind, not nice. We're going to be kind because I think there's a difference and we don't lie in this house. Hmm. Um, and they know and they've seen people come and go because of honesty. And my kids know that I hold that as a standard. So honesty, first of all, is just a standard and it's a way of life for me. Um, and that's what I'm teaching my kids because you're, you're going to get so much. It's just easier to be honest, right? And so if you're putting up a front and you're being somebody you're not and somebody hires you because of that, it's not going to work out. Hmm. Um, and I remember when I first started in real estate, my first brokerage was Coldwell Banker, which is a fantastic brokerage here in town. It's Kane. It's an incredible family, an incredible company. Um, it just was not the place for me. Just you got to find your home. And that wasn't it. And it was an awesome part of my journey. I remember them when I started in on their training. So I came from corporate marketing and I was always the person behind the brand. Right. And when I started at Coble Banker, that was in the midst of my husband dying by suicide. My mom also died very unexpectedly that mm -hmm. year. Sorry. So talk about a hard year, right? I was raised by very private people. They're probably not going to watch this podcast. And if they do, they're going to be very angry, which I apologize. Um, but you just don't, you don't talk about what's happening to you. You keep it to yourself. We keep those doors closed. We are fine. Everything is good, right? And I worked in corporate marketing, which it's never my story that's being told. It is the brand story. It is impeccable. Everything is perfect. Like we got this. And when you work for Michelin, it is. They're, they're literally the world's best tires. I won't have any other tires. They just are. So then you come into real estate where it is personal branding. Yeah. Personal branding. I remember sitting in the Coble Banker office and thinking, I'm not telling anybody who I am. Like I am not <laughs> talking about what has happened to me. I am not talking about being from Piedmont. Like none of this farm girl stuff. Like we're not. No, absolutely not. I'm going to, I'm going to build this corporate real estate group and we're just, we're going to be that perfect Michelin box, right? That's what we're going to be. It didn't go well. It, and it took me making that mistake, and actually, I will give my current coach, Catherine, credit. It's probably the second time I sat down with her because I really struggled with it. And after um, my husband died by suicide, I just didn't talk about it. Like, everything's fine. We're good. We're great. Um, I didn't tell teachers. I didn't tell babysitters who came into my house. And I had a precious babysitter who came into my house. And when I got home that night, she burst into tears and she says, I asked your kids how often they see their dad. And I said, that's my fault. Mm -hmm. I should have told you because that's a perfectly normal question that you're not going to get a normal answer out of this house. And so I started learning. I need to talk about this. If for no other reason than it makes things easier for my kids. Hmm. So that's how it kind of started for me, right? And it's not that I was trying to be dishonest or lie or be like, Oh, sure. No, I had 
have these children by 100%. immaculate, right? So I, I'm, I, I, just to say this, I'm from the same type of family. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't talk about what's going on inside the house, outside of the house, and mm-hmm. and even my wife and I, to some large extent, we're pretty private people. We don't get on Facebook a whole lot. We don't talk about what we do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. We were just gone out of the country this past weekend, and we didn't post anything about it. And we're probably not going to. So like, mm-hmm. I understand that for mm-hmm. sure. I we I grew up in the same type of, mm-hmm. of, of household. Well, and I think I saw early in my real estate career, I saw other agents just being that face on a billboard, Hmm. you know, and I thought I can just use my corporate marketing background and I can just be that face and I have all these connections and I'm, you know, I love this community and that's going to work, right? Do you think that it used to work? Do you think that that it, that it is kind of a thing that that the the marketplace, mm-hmm. the the type of people that agents are trying to reach now, trying to connect mm-hmm. with, trying to work with? Do you think that that do you think that's just kind of slowly evolving, and that's Ooh. why this is changing? That's interesting. That's possible because you can think back kind of to when you and I were early in our careers. Like that was the kind of real estate agent you saw. Very much. Yeah. I mean, I would mm-hmm. I would say I would say this is a relatively new thing, I right? Wonder if it's a post pandemic. Possibly, like or, or slightly before connection mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I I will say, you know, we talk. I think the the term authenticity gets thrown around a lot, but I think that's what you're genuinely talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That the person that you are when the camera is turned off is mm-hmm. the person you are when the camera is turned on, mm-hmm. and it's not that you it's not that you necessarily have to share things that you're uncomfortable with about mm-hmm. your life. I mean, you know, we you, you find talking about your kids. I talk about my kids. I don't post a lot of pictures of them or anything mm-hmm. like that, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely the idea that there is no fake front mm-hmm. to your personality, to your interests, to the mm-hmm. things that you love and the things mm-hmm. that drives you, right? Mm-hmm. That again, those the same the same conversation that we'd be having. I feel like you and I, we got a camera rolling, yeah. we've got microphones in front of us, yeah. but this is honestly kind of the same conversation yeah. that we had at lunch the other day. Yeah, right? totally. Well, and I think if you think about my experience and what's happened to me in the past four years in real estate. Um, we are the second most disrespected repu- reputation wise of our career. A career, right? Do you know what number one is? Oh, I, I want to say I know this. Is it insurance? It's lawyers. Oh, lawyers. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and my great grandfather and grandfather and uncle were insurance company <laughs> gotcha. were agents. So, like, I come from wonderful people, right? Right. I, right. I, I didn't stand a chance. I think because of that, I am so much more motivated to treat my people well. And when you decide to work with me, that's the conversation I have with you. You just became one of my people. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to win for you. I'm going to be really honest with you. Real estate, death, no, moving, death, and divorce are the top three stressors in life. Hmm. It's like all the studies have proven it. So I am walking with people through... First of all, the biggest transactions, it's either their home or their investment. So it affects their generational wealth, what they want for themselves and their children. And a lot of times it could be a probate situation, could be a divorce situation. I am walking with them through the worst thing that has ever happened to them. Yes. So why would you hire somebody who's not who they say they are, right? And there's a realization there. And I tell my people when I first meet with them, you can't scare me. And I like, we don't even have time for it, but I promise like the things that have happened to me since 
um, since those deaths, it the things that you learn and the resilience, I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but the lessons I have learned, I wouldn't wish that it didn't happen either because sure. of how I've grown and how I've, how I've even learned how to lean on people. Um, but those lessons teach me how to treat people. Yeah, we and, were... We were so we were talking about uh, the the uh, the books that we've read, yeah. some of Gary's books yeah. that we've read. Yeah. Um, have you ever read The Gap in the Game? No. Okay. Uh, Ooh. I will gift this book to you. Okay. Yay. I'm going to send it to you because okay. you you have to read it. Okay. Not that you need this lesson. Okay. But it's just it's amazing talking to you because I'm the concept of the gap in the game is this. It's essentially where you can view anything from a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. The same situation from any perspective mm-hmm. can be can be kind of changed how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Obviously the gap is basically where you're measuring where you're at right now. And the situation is happening to you against a perfect scenario, right? So you're measuring it against what the perfect in your mind, what the idealized version of this scenario is. Okay. And obviously it makes you feel bad. You're in the gap, right? You, you, you have a very negative perception of what's happening to you at that point, or you have the perception of the game, (laughs) which is not measuring against a future or a perfect ideal. Mm -hmm. You're measuring against your past uh, your past uh, actions or your, you know, you're measuring your current success or where you are right now against where you were, you know, six months ago or a year ago or, or five years ago or whatever. And you live that so well, you live in the gain so well where you see what you've learned, you see the benefits. And I just want to, I want to commend you for that. It's, it's so rare to see. So that's awesome. I'm going to give you that book. It's worth reading just, just to, just to have the concept around that. That's it's really awesome. good. Um, but let's, let's, let's kind of talk just a little bit about, uh, I wanted, I wanted to go back to KW for a second. What was it about KW that, (laughs) that, that influenced your decision to kind of move there and to, and to find a home there? This is so easy. This is so very easy. So, and this is a horror story and it's interesting because here in the upstate, probably all over the world based on how I know him. So Haro has been an agent since 2009. Um, is Tough time guy. to start it to be an agent. Yeah. <laughs> and he crushed it. He sold 33 units in cool. 2009. So if you're an agent and you're worried about the market, come come talk to me and Haro. For sure. We got gotcha. you. Um, Haro and I were in Leadership Greenville together. We were on the same project team and just just became friends. You know, we, um, we share the same faith. Um, and he, not even, I don't want to call it sneaky, I don't like that word at all, but Haro just stayed close to me. And he saw me through my real estate career, um, met with me, would talk to me, would ask me questions. He gave me Gary Keller's, we call it the Red Book, millionaire real estate agent. And at the time, I was with my second broker, um, which was a company started by some friends of mine. And I got about halfway through it when he started talking about systems and tools and leverage. And I got really angry. And I like basically threw the book and was like, this is for people with like these big companies. And this is so far over my head. I can't even do anything with this. And I remember a couple of times Haro asked me, did I read the book? And I was like, yeah, I read the book. It was fine. (laughs) But I threw the book at the wall because I didn't have what the book was telling me I needed. And at the time... Because it was 2020, 2021, my business was booming without me trying. So I didn't really need what the book said I needed. Um, And so Haro just stayed very close to me. And I'll never forget, we had a lunch. It was a Leadership Greenville alumni lunch. And we left. And Haro said to me, he said, Meredith, you're a gem. And I said, 
it just the way he said it, I said, that is really a nice compliment. And he said, would you talk to my friend Jeff? I just, regardless of where you are, I think he would be good for you to know and he could help you in your real estate journey. And I said, yeah, of course, connect me with him. And uh, there's a real estate agent here locally that does a lot of billboards and his name is Jeff. And I texted Haro, I was like, it's not that Jeff, is it? Because I really don't like his style. And he was like, no, 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 it's not him. So he starts, puts me on a text with Jeff. I don't know his last name. (laughs) I don't background check him, which is something I normally do when I'm meeting someone I don't know. I didn't do all of the normal things, which is like a, you know, just serendipity, God, call it what you want. Jeff sets up a meeting with me and he says, meet me at 200 Mills Avenue. I'm perfectly happy, I thought, at my current brokerage. And, and I remember I texted him the day before and I was like, what is 200 mils? Is that a coffee shop? Like, what is that? And he says, no, it's my office. And I went, oh, okay. Let's just agree to meet Jeff because Haro knows him at his office on 200 mils. (laughs) And as I think back, I'm like, I would have my daughter's head if she went through this, you know, series of decisions. It, show, it shows how much you trusted Haro, though. I did. I truly yeah. did. And I still do. So it speaks to him because he really is someone you can trust. So I go and I pull, turn on to Mills Avenue and I can see the sign in the distance. And it's Keller Williams Drive. And I'm like, you are freaking kidding me. <laughs> like, I'm like, I didn't want to be recruited. I'm perfectly happy. I'm good here in my mess. Like, so, just, so, at this, so at this point, you decided, like, when you pulled up, you you realized what this was really about. Oh, yeah. Like, I set the meeting, and I'm like, horrible. Right? And I wasn't mad, and I was like, he's my friend, so sure. he, I'll go in and meet Jeff, whoever Jeff is. Right. Well, I walk in if the for door. no other reason than curiosity, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I set the meeting, and... <laughs> I opened the door, literally, if you open the door of the drive office, and what I, I, Haro did know this about me personally at the time, I was struggling. Like, I was underwater as far as my business was all-consuming. I wasn't getting time with my kids. I had to sit out of a race in May because mm. I could not manage it all. I'd oh. had um, an agent who was, was my right-hand girl just unexpectedly quit, and I was, it was, it was awful. I'd had an encounter with my son where I'd yelled at him because I needed to get some work done and I can replay it now in my head. And like, if I could take it back, I would, but it was because I was so out of balance. So that was where I was emotionally walking into that office. Like business was great. I was making plenty of money, but I was not great at home. I literally opened the door of the drive office. And when you open the door, you're staring at a wall And it says, our values are God, family, and business. And Nathan, I saw that wall, and immediately in my head, I thought, well, I'm changing brokerages. (laughs) Before you even met Jeff. Before I even met him. So that's like, that's the beginning and end of my Keller Williams story because those values mattered enough to me that all I had to do was see it on a wall and go, this is where I have to be. Because if this is what these people believe enough that they put it on a wall, then I'm moving. Now, it took me 
how long did it take? Probably six weeks because the people who owned the other brokerage were my friends. And it was very hard. It was a very, very, very hard conversation and decision, but it was ultimately about my kids and about my life. Um, and it's the best decision I ever made. Okay. I, I want to talk more about KW, but I'm, I think this is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's going to help a lot of people because I want to talk about that mm -hmm. managing just, just being a mom mm -hmm. and being an agent mm -hmm. because that those are two roles and responsibilities that most, I, I, I would say almost every agent deals with mm -hmm. and struggles with. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, for you, you found that just making a change mm -hmm. um, and moving over to KW, which may not be the answer for everybody. I'm not right. trying to say it is for yeah. sure. But can you talk me through that for a minute? How have you found, how have you been able to balance, you used the word balance earlier, how have you been able to balance being a mom in the massive responsibility that that is? I, I think about my wife and how she's a mom to our three. Yeah. And it is such, I, I just, I can't imagine. Yeah. But to also deal with all the roles and responsibilities of taking care of people the way you do as an agent. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to balance those two things? So I'm going to change your word balance to harmony. Okay. And I have to give my triathlon coach Marnie credit for that. Because when I sat out that race in May, she called me immediately. I was with a different coach at the time. I was with Marnie and then left because I was stupid <laughs> and then came back. She called me when she noticed I didn't do that race. And I said, I can't do it. Like I can't balance it all. And Marnie knows how much I love the sport. She knows I love to train almost more than I love to race because for me, the process and that daily getting in there, which is a lot like real estate, I just love it. It lights me up. Marnie said, because Marnie and Carell know me very well, they, they knew me when my kid's dad died, my mom died, so they, they they're my neighbors, so they literally know what my home life looks like, and Marnie said, you're not going to have balance, you need, to you need to strive for harmony, and so if you think of music, and you think of sometimes the high notes are louder, and mm. sometimes the low notes are louder, sometimes it's all in the middle, and she's like, you've got the kids, you've got this incredible business you've built, you've got a life with triathlon, you also want to have friends, you want to have a relationship, you want to remarry, balance isn't going to happen. Because if you think of it, of all those things that are on my plate at Keller Williams, we have a thing called a life wheel. Those, that's, that's never going to be balanced, right? Sometimes other things are going to push and pull. And just by her saying that to me and saying, let's look for harmony, like, wow. looks, look for that sweet spot of sometimes the business has to pull. Sometimes triathlon needs to pull because you've got a big goal and you need to double down. Sometimes the kids need to pull. Um, having her say that to me was like a weight off my shoulders. Real estate is appealing to women and it's appealing to moms. And it's really appealing to single moms because if if my daughter is sick, if I need to run to a band concert, if if I got to drop everything and be there, I actually can. You can't do it if you're by yourself. Hmm. I will tell you that because I tried. Hmm. So the difference is in having that support. And even just if you didn't join a team, if you joined an office like Drive, I call them Drive fam. They're hmm. my family. And I know, like, literally... My drive office is the reason why I was able to go to mega camp in Austin. Like they found childcare for me. Wow. Cause I'm, I'm a widow. So I'm the only driving person in my home. So I have two kids, two activities. 
I'm also a triathlete. I want to have a life and friends and pursue a As relationship. You yeah. Yeah. Because, and my kids know, so I'm not a helicopter parent. I'm not a touchy feely. I love my kids. I hug them. I tell them I love them every day. I tell them they matter. But they also know that when they turn 18, they're gone. Right. <laughs> Y'all are leaving. <laughs> you are out of here. I have a life. And most of my races, unless it makes a whole lot of sense, most of my races, I don't take them to because it's more about me. It's my time. Um, which a lot of moms are bad not to do. Hmm. Um, but I think it's so good it's for important. your kids. Yeah. 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 Prioritizing your mental, physical health mm-hmm. is important. And that's something yeah. that my wife and I talk about a lot. I love this idea. I want to go back to a balance versus harmony. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, I was thinking as you're talking, it feels very much like it, when you think about the concept of, of a balance, mm-hmm. it means that you essentially have these two opposing forces. that you're trying to find balance between. And that kind of inherently does insinuate that there's something of opposing forces, right? Mm -hmm. When in reality, we think of harmony, you have these, uh, you you have these multiple things, but harmony, harmony modulates, right? It changes. It it, it actually, you actually have times and seasons of your life where, where something one phrase of the music in a particular harmony changes. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about how to talk about this in a way that most people don't understand, (laughs) but, but, but it, but modulates means to change, right? That Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the musical term for changing. So when you have harmony that modulates from one to the other, one is not better than the other. Mm -hmm. One just serves that musical idea at that point in time better than the other. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that concept. Preston, uh, I know you're listening to this because Preston, you're you're a musician too. We, I'm definitely using that a lot. <laughs> that, that is that is now that is now that is now going to be a central focus of the studio. That's awesome. I, I mean, love that. Honest, if you think about it, balance means something goes into submission. If you yeah. think about me on my bike, right? I'm balancing. Like you said, those opposing forces. It means that falling's not happening, and you're limiting right? you're limiting potential. Yeah, right. By yeah. by 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 pushing something down to get it into balance, you're forcing mm-hmm. the potential of what something could be down, mm-hmm. as opposed to harmony. That's amazing. I really yeah. do love that. That's cool. I, I, that's guys. <clears throat> I'm so excited. That's going to help a lot of people. Seriously, like the idea, because again, you're right. This is a profession that really does appeal particularly the moms mm-hmm. who, who, who do kind of get into it for the flexible schedule and all the reasons why a lot of people get, get into mm-hmm. this, but it is a struggle. And, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of, I do see a lot of moms who's mm-hmm. trying to figure out how they can come into better harmony yeah. with the different parts of their life. I love that. And I, I really do. I, I can't wait to share that with as many people as I possibly can. That's Yay, cool. That's, that's very awesome. cool. Um, going back to KW, you've mm-hmm. got some exciting things coming up at KW, yeah. right? And your, yeah. your, your story is is an is an interesting one, and I feel like it's about to get far more interesting. Oh, yeah. Do you want to just give a little snippet about yeah. what's to come, what's coming up? So Keller Williams is it's like no company I've ever been a part of. I have to be perfectly honest, and just that whole instance of me. Um, I'm a Jesus girl, you know, so I need to say that because that matters. That's a part of who I am. So I, I have faith that. Um, there, there is somebody else involved in what's happening to me, Hmm. right? Um, I believe in a higher power and, uh, walking in that door and seeing that on the wall. I mean, it was not a question. The question was how and when do I do this? Right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a lot of people angry in the process, which sometimes you do that, right? Sometimes Hmm. you have to make those kinds of choices. Um, the, 
culture of productivity, of coaching, of lead generation. Kelly Williams is the number one training company in the world, not in the U.S., in the world. So Keller Williams has a culture of training and learning and development. And I think um, that's what's so important for me. And I don't want to speak for all Keller Williams agents, but for me, Keller Williams helps me grow as a person Hmm. and it helps me grow in my faith as much as it helps me grow my business. And I told my assistant when I was talking to her about some of the things we have coming I said, her name's Mary, I said, when I was at Michelin, and I love Michelin, they wanted to make me a better marketer. Keller Williams wants to make me a better person. And it, like, several sessions with my coach, I have a dedicated business coach, we have sat down, and she, like, dating after 40 is so hard. It's just so hard. (laughs) I will admit it. And, like, wherever he is, he's out there. I can't wait to meet him. Um, Mr. Wright's out there. But... Catherine, my coach, was like writing on the board, helping me with dating and with these conversations and these relationships because she said, Meredith, it matters. She said, if you want that in your life and you want that on your wheel of life, it's going to affect your business, right? And so you need to set aside time for it. And when you find that right relationship, your business will continue to soar, because of it, right? It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it, it's the whole concept of if the plane's going down, you have to put your oxygen mask on, yes. oxygen mask on before you help the person next to you, yes. even if it's your child, right? Yeah. That's what they tell everybody. And they tell everybody that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the the more that I go throughout life, the more I become super convinced that it's easy to get out of harmony, if you want to say that. It's easy yeah, to get out of harmony yeah. uh, it, with with the balance that you have. But getting back into it is very important and it should be prioritized. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're talking about here about mm-hmm. having fulfilling relationships for yourself mm-hmm. to make sure that you have a life for yourself that mm-hmm. is engaging and mm-hmm. that is fun and interesting. Yeah. It allows you to better serve the people you're trying to serve. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Let's talk for a second about lead generation because you said that Keller Williams is the foremost when it comes to training uh, mm-hmm. Not only to be a better person, but to be the best agent that you possibly can to serve people in the best way that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the lead generation part, because mm-hmm. right now in this market, that's what every agent is trying to get a get a handle on. Oh, right. Yeah. Like what is what is what is good, reliable, consistent lead generation? What does that look like? How are you approaching that for you and your business? Yeah. So since my background is marketing, I get really fired up about this because to me, lead gen is marketing. Um, You're marketing yourself. Once you're okay with that authenticity, once you're okay with telling your story, which by the way, once you tell your story, you will figure out there are so many people that are just like you and they're going to come running and they're going to beg you to work with them. hundred percent. Um, So that's the beauty in it. And also, when you tell your story, it helps people. And I think that's the whole point. I think we were all put here to help each other. Um, And I think that's the point. When something bad happens to you, once you're able, you got to help people with Mm -hmm. what happened to you. Because it's going to happen to somebody else. It just is. Um, so it's a fun, it's kind of a joke when you go to go into a class at Keller Williams because and there's coaches and teachers and trainers. The joke is almost always if we ask you a question, it, it, chances are the answer is lead gen. Like it's just <laughs> no matter what we say, it's either, the answer is either Gary Keller or lead gen, right? Like just say one of those two things and you'll be covered. Um, if you read Gar- Gary Keller's Red Book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, I've had too much coffee. 
Um, he says it over and over again in the book. You have yeah. one job. It's to generate leads. Yeah. And that's how you fill your pipeline, which turns into clients, which turns into closed transactions. 100%. There's a lot of details in between there, but at the end of the day, lead gen is your job. 100%. So if you don't like or don't want to do lead gen, you should probably leave real estate. 100%. For most agents, it's figuring out top of funnel. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. Right? Trying to figure out yeah. top of funnel. Yeah. So so for you, what are you doing right now? What what so are you what are you working on? We've got a couple of lanes. So and this is what I'm most passionate about with my team, with the agents that I'm interviewing to be on my team is if you are committed to and excited about lead gen, I will help you find your lane. And what I mean by that is not everybody wants to do cold calls. Not everybody wants to go door knocking. Um, in my dating adventures, met a very nice young man who sells solar panels and he goes door knocking. I actually should call him. He should be a real estate agent. That would be like, that'd be like 10 seconds of an awkward conversation. This all <laughs> just came to me. <laughs> That's amazing. Here. I'm going to call him. I'm going to do it. Hold me to it. I'm going to be like, hey, I know that I didn't call uh, you on back. The, on, the second, <laughs> on the second podcast we do, I'm going to ask you about how that went. Because I was the one that ghosted him. So I'm going to have to call. <laughs> because the dude loves to door knock. And based on getting to know him, and he was a very nice guy, getting to know him, he loves it. So if you love to door knock, honey, I'm going to give you all the good neighborhoods and I'm going to send you to them and I want you on my team. So I'm calling him. That's so funny. So hold um, on. So inherently what you're saying is the, the, the method of lead generation isn't the same for everybody or yeah. it shouldn't be the same for it everybody. You, you should find what you feel passionate about yes. and what you have strengths in. Is yes. that what you're saying? Lead gen is building relationships. It's conversations. It is creating relationships with people who you have an opportunity to do business with in the future. Hmm. That's what lead gen is. It could be, there are some days I didn't today. I wanted to dress a little bit cuter for the podcast. I've got these shirts I ordered on Etsy that say license to sell. I'm your home girl. <laughs> cool. I'm wearing them in my videos so that when people see me, they know that I'm a real estate agent and they know that I'm open to talking to them. So that's a way to be open to a conversation with somebody who you might have potential to do business with. It's staying in conversation with the people who know, like, and trust you. Hmm. Now, if you need to add people to your pipeline, Let's find some things that you love to do and let's build a community around it. Here's my George Hancappy full circle story. I now work for George's Hotel, Hotel Domestique, as oh, a cool. bike guide. Nice. So people come stay at the hotel. They either pay the other guide, Justin, or me to take them out on a bike ride. I actually know Justin. Okay. Oh, I, no I know way. Justin. Yeah, oh, I actually know gosh. Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of my great friends. Yeah. So Justin's the reason why I'm doing that work because he brought me back in. We were both associated with a previous guiding company hmm. that just it didn't didn't make it in this market after COVID. But we do that for Hotel Domestique. Justin has sent me referrals from clients at Hotel Domestique. The staff at Hotel Domestique knows me. They know that I come in. All of my bikes are hot pink. So it's Meredith, the girl on the hot pink bike. Great branding, by She's the way. She's going to be laughing. I always tell my people, I hope you're chatty, because if you're not, I'll just carry the whole conversation. <laughs> I sing. I tell knock-knock jokes, because the rides are really hard. If you come to ride with me here, we're going to be climbing, guaranteed. 
We're in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And at the end of those rides, it never fails. This is why I'm telling you, if you're a real estate agent and you're committed to this and you don't want a cold call, get in touch with me. I can get your business cranking. I can help you find your lane. I never tell a single person that I guide that I sell real estate. They always ask. They always go, Is it? do you do this full time? And I say, I wish. If I didn't have kids, I'd be living in Mexico. I'd be living like Kenny Chesney. I'd own a bar. Even if I don't drink anymore, I would be riding my bike doing this. But no, I have kids, so I have to sell houses because babies are in private school and we got to pay for college, right? 100%. It always comes up. And then they go, will you keep in touch with me? Because it's beautiful here. Right. Every time. And all I do is I put them in my database, I set up the automation, and I check in with them four times a year personally. And I maintain that personal relationship. I have all the marketing automation set up by the Keller Williams systems that I didn't have when I threw the book against the wall. But now I have them. And they're all there. And once that person goes into my database, as Haro says, they either die or they buy. (laughs) I love that. So once you meet me, you're my bestie. Bad news, you're in once you meet me. And so that's um, Hotel D is one of my lanes. And Mm. I just do that because I love to ride my my bike. I also get paid, which is like for a girl like me to get paid to ride my bike. To do something that you love, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Leadership Greenville, I stay in touch with all of those people. Um, I have found a sweet spot with women. I am really passionate about mentoring women. I totally remember the thing I was going to talk about earlier. Keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um, and so we recently did um, a free runner self-defense class for women. Uh, did it at Run In. We're going to do four of them next year because cool. we had such an incredible turnout. Very cool. Um, and we're doing next week Women, Wine, and Wealth. I have partnered with a female wealth advisor. Very cool. Who came into my life when my husband died. Because as you can imagine, when people die, money becomes a topic. Sure. And I had no clue what to do. And I had always paid my own bills. I was always the breadwinner. But when it comes to making decisions for your family, actually what's happening right now, there's studies out there, it's falling on women. Hmm. Like it never has before. And I think I'm 43, my generation, like one ahead of me and behind me, there's this swelling of women having to all of a sudden make these decisions and we don't know how Mm. because it's a conversation we've never had so we're doing that next week women wine and wealth um we talk about wine yeah why don't we talk about money (laughs) you know i love it so so that's elaine is connecting with people through events and there's a way to do that almost for free you don't need a ton of cash to do that uh we're now doing video because of the influx of new people into Greenville who don't know somebody who could help them find property. Um, We're going to seek them through our video strategy. And then just um, by being who I am, by staying close to the people who are in my database. Um, My assistant, Mary, runs all of my automation. She manages my database so I can be doing the lead gen. You know, I talked about all the other things you're supposed to be doing, and then lead gen is the one thing you have to do. 100%. So that's the Keller Williams approach is that that lead gen, those conversations, those activities that create conversations and relationships, and then you let somebody else do the rest. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me when you have those conversations with agents who come to you and they say, hey, I need help with lead gen, you know, there's a lot of people I talk to every day who's like, I hate doing the calls. I don't want to go to the office. And I don't want to make my hundred calls today. Right. Yeah. Like that's, they, they, they really, 
they almost begrudgingly walk in and you could just see the expression on their face. If I was in that office, I'm sure yeah. of them walking in, going to their, mm-hmm. going to their space and then sitting down and starting their calls. I, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. You're saying that you don't necessarily have to do that as a lead gen method if you don't want to. No. Interesting. No. Are, do you, are you an advocate for, again, choosing like based on your personality, based on what you're good at, choosing the lead gen method and then going all in on that one method yes. or two methods or maybe three methods, yeah. right? Yeah. But but figuring out what it is and then really doing that well. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like most often, and this is from the other businesses I've, I've had, it's really interesting. Typically, you can't do a lot well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the 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 age old foible for most entrepreneurs is that mm-hmm. they're trying to take on they have way too many hats, they're trying to take on too much. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, you kind of have to do that, I'm sure, when you're by yourself. What's interesting for me though is with agents, they don't necessarily have to because there's such a support structure in place at a place like KW that they can go and they could find out, like talk to you and say, Hey, this is what I don't like to do. I know I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. What can I be doing to do? There's, there's something to be said for honing in mm-hmm. on lead generation, which is so massively important for mm-hmm. a small business and then figuring out how do I do this? Not okay. Mm-hmm. Not how do I do this pretty good, but how do I become the best yep. person in my market at mm-hmm. doing this one method of lead generation? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. That typically I've seen, I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you have the same experience, people tend to have better success that way would That's you would sure. you agree instead of oh, yeah. doing instead of doing like mm. the four or five things that they read in that book and they're all kind of half-hearting each of those methods right yeah what would you say if you think of it so there's and if you're a non-keller williams agent and you want a free tip to help you build your business here we go okay lean in okay there is a system called 36 touch and you can go on youtube and look up the 36 touch system on youtube now what you're not going to have is our crm which automatically has the smart plans to program it but you could do it on your own 36 touch is a way of touching your personal sphere in real estate we call it your sphere and it's the people who you already who already know like and trust you if you touch them 36 ways in one year the statistics are, and it's a really good statistic, even if you do it like at a B minus level, you're going to get 10% of your database. So for instance, if you only had 100 people that you knew, and you applied a 36 touch system to them, that's 10 transactions in a year. Yes. That's almost 100 grand in earned commission. Yes. With only 100 people. Yes. That's pretty darn simple. And here's the thing that I hear all the time over and over at Keller Williams, and I believe it because now I'm leading and watching agents. It's so simple. That's why people don't do it. (laughs) You mean to tell me that I could make almost six figures just by keeping in touch with the hundred people that I know and actually having a relationship with them? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. If you'd like to have the CRM included and all of the support and training, then call me Mm -hmm. by all means. But you could do it yourself. You could do it with file folders. And that 36 could be, um, I would say it needs to be personal contact at least four times a year. That's a phone call or that's coffee or that's lunch. It's actual contact to maintain that relationship. It's liking and commenting on social media. It's sending them a birthday card. It's emails. So my team, we send out weekly emails. I have that automation going. Those count as touches. So I'm way over 36. And actually, I listened to a podcast about two weeks ago, and they're saying now because of the norm normalizing of the market 
Everybody else is calling it a shift. I like to think positive. I say it's normalizing because it's still pretty strong here, mm-hmm. if you ask me. The market is normalizing. They're bumping that to 102. So from 36 touches to 102 because also there's a very strong statistic that says the first person that a person talks to when they're looking for a real estate agent is the person they hire. Hmm. So you have to maintain contact and you cannot be a secret agent. Hmm. So if you apply that 36 plus touches to the 100 people that know you, that's 10 sales in a year. It says really interesting. I The one thing I always find fascinating is that for, again, for because this podcast is geared towards new agents. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a lot of mystery around getting that next dollar when, in fact, it's not a mystery at all. No, it's not. It's not a mystery. No, and I think proven. it's proven. What, what's interesting is when you find a, a, a space, right, regardless of the brokerage you're at or whatever, but when you understand the process mm-hmm. and if you just can, if you could just fall in love with the process. Mm-hmm. Right. And and typically, I think for most people, that's by finding small successes along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you start the process and you're like, oh, wow, that worked. Right. Yeah. Even if it was just a one small step and you were like, that worked. That like that was awesome. That was amazing. That, that gives you a little bit of motivation to do the next step in the process. Mm-hmm. But falling in love, this is what you said earlier. I love the process more than the result. Mm-hmm. And again, the, 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 the tough part for most new agents I always feel like is they get into the business because they like the idea of a, f- of a flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. And if they're not careful, it doesn't become flexible at all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they like the idea that, oh, I can basically have a- an incredible income with mm-hmm. like, there's really no cap, right? Like I, I could, I could almost really make whatever I can make. Mm-hmm. And they like that idea, but again, it never hardly ever works out. Mm-hmm. So, what we're doing here is we're talking about applying, giving some clarity around how do you get from where you are to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You just repeat the process oh, yeah. over and oh, yeah. over it's repeatable. and over you and over it. and over. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I, that's what I love about this. There, it, the, this is actually a far more simple business than most people give it credit to be, mm-hmm. I think. The transaction in itself, I believe there are 48 steps. They may have been, they may have changed because of contract changes. I believe there are 48 steps in a real estate transaction, most of which can be done by a computer. You know, you could remove humans from the process, but imagine the experience, right? So what's the difference? What difference are you making? It's in the relationship. That's so good. I have had this conversation a couple of times with agents, and this is the thing I forgot about earlier, but I really wanted to highlight and put a pin in. And I think you and I kind of had this conversation over lunch. You were talking about the people who need help and building relationships with people who's who's going through what you've been through before. Mm-hmm. I find that so many agents are always asking the question, "What should I post? What should I talk about? What sh- you know, what 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 should I get on video and 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 uh, share with the people out there in Facebook land and Instagram land mm-hmm. and TikTok land and and the 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 thing I heard one time and forgive me because I don't I heard this from somewhere I'm not smart enough to come up with it but I think that it is so true it is you are most uniquely positioned to help your former self mm-hmm. right because you've been through it yeah. and and I think that is so it's so smart of you mm-hmm. to recognize there are there are and there will be even more people who go through what I experienced in my life mm-hmm. I can help them get through it. I've been through it. I figured it out. I was able to understand what's, what's, you know, step one, what's step two, what's step mm-hmm. three, yeah. what are the roadblocks? What should I be watching out for? How do I, how do I get to the other side of this? Really in, in your case, in some cases, very awful experiences. Mm-hmm. How do I get through all of that? Mm-hmm. And by not only sharing your story, but being the open and authentic and the 
the honest and the all the things that we were talking about in the beginning of the show, in the beginning of the podcast, you're uniquely positioned to help people who are coming, you know, after you, mm -hmm. you know, and I think for agents, I'm always like, talk about that. Yeah. Like figure out what, figure out what you know, figure who out what you, you love yeah. and figure out what your experience in your life has been yeah. and just talk about those things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be negative, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to talk about sensitive things that if you don't want to, that's mm -hmm. okay. But there's still things there. You just have to sit down and think about that. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think about like, so I love that. And I will tell you, and I, and this'll, this'll get kind of onto the faith side of things, once you accept your journey and who you are and how you got to where you are and you start living in that, the opportunities and the people that come your way because they need what you can give them because of your experience is off the charts. I had a lead come to me on Sunday, a house that I listed, went under contract Sunday morning, got a phone call like an hour after it went under contract and this strange when you're a real estate agent you always answer your phone the ones that don't lose business yeah so put that on instagram for answer sure answer your phone the our phones are blocking spam so if it doesn't get blocked answer it right because i cannot tell you it happened this morning i was meeting with an agent on my team and the phone was ringing and I said, let me answer it. He understood. And it was a woman. We call it a sign call. I don't know how she got my number because it wasn't my sign. So that's kind of <laughs> crazy. I was like, no, that's not my listing. She said, well, your number's on it. I said, wonderful. Talk to me. How can I help you? Um, and she ended well, I think I just need to deal with the listing agent. I said, you can. The listing agent represents the seller. You really need an agent to represent you. That's how the, and she was like, Oh, yeah. It's really funny. I, this is a whole nother conversation yeah. that we could have, but it's really funny how when you're in a space, when you work in a career, mm -hmm. you overestimate how little mm -hmm. or how much, I guess, mm -hmm. other people know about the space that you deal in yeah. every single day. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it's always astounding to me how many people we, there was a situation the other day where, um, you know, they, they'd been working, it was a new construction thing and, and it was, it was an investor and it was, they were doing it for a short term rental, but they were like, yeah, I've, I've got to go back and I've got to renegotiate some of this stuff. And I'm, and they used the same agent. It was a dual agency kind of mm -hmm. situation. And I was like, there's nobody fighting for you. Right? right. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's really funny how many, how many people don't know. And I guess this is a podcast for agents, but they, but here's the lesson in this. Tell them, yeah. share that. Like that's something that you should be doing on social media. Like that's, and again, there's, there's so many, there's so many basic things. I'm trying to figure out what I want to say to this. There's like so much, there's so <laughs> many basic things that we feel like everybody knows and it's pointless to make a post about, but mm -hmm. it's not, mm -hmm. it's not because people don't know even the mm -hmm. simplest, smallest mm -hmm. of things. People don't understand the concept that a listing agent is, they have a fiduciary responsibility to the seller. They have right. no responsibility to the buyer at all. Yeah. Right. And most people don't understand that mm -hmm. they, 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 they get themselves in the situations that they shouldn't be in because mm -hmm. they don't have anybody representing them. That's a common, like every, every agent knows that, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's such one Oh one from realtor school or whatever mm -hmm. you want to say, but other people don't, the general public doesn't understand that concept. They do. And so but I took those calls. I converted them. The, the point of being, being who you needed, which is interesting. That has been something 
I have employed my entire professional career because when I finished Clemson and my, my two favorite professors were at the senior banquet, Dr. Middlestaff was my international marketing professor and Dr. Duke. Dr. Duke worked for Texas Instruments. Remember when we had the cool calculators? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a researcher for Texas Instruments and then he taught marketing research at Clemson. Oh, cool. Everybody loved Dr. Duke. And I remember he told me at the senior banquet, this is not it for you. You're going to be back. And at the time, I wanted to get an MBA. And because I graduated early, my parents said they would pay for college. I asked them to pay for the first year. And they were like, oh, no, that was not the deal. <laughs> we didn't say four years. We said a degree. So you got a degree. You're cut off. Bye. Right. You can pay for it. And then Michelin, I had gotten into the Michelin program and was at the point where I was taking the GMAT to get approved to get my MBA from Michelin. And that was when Sealed Air recruited me. That never came to fruition. But what did happen was I found a way to go back to Clemson as a mentor. Hmm. So I mentor marketing students. I sit on a board for the School of Marketing right now. Um, but when I came out of Clemson with a marketing degree, I felt like everybody had a marketing degree and we were all just getting sales jobs. Right. And I had nobody that I could ask, like, how do I how do I get out of this trough of marketing graduates? And we're all the same. We're all blonde and blue eyed and we're all from South Carolina and we're all cute and we can all sell. Right. But I wanted more than that. And there was nobody there to mentor me. Hmm. Clemson started a program called Tiger Ties, and I jumped on it because I was like, that's who I needed, and that's what I want to be. And I specifically mentor female students because I'm just passionate about women and their careers. Um, a former Michelin colleague, I'm actually going to start helping her son, so he's very lucky <laughs> Cool. <laughs> that I will, I will mentor him along with the women that I work with. But be who you needed because it ends up— Be who you needed. It's— it, Giving is a way of life, and so then it just becomes so reciprocal um, that it just it just becomes a way of life. And when you you get into that giving, it's not then when you have people that you're in relationship with, you're not asking them for anything. You're actually giving them something. Hmm. So then lead gen is not a take. It's, a, it's give. a give, and that totally changes how you feel about it, and there is nothing better for me than to wake up in the morning and give something of value to the people I care about. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So so you said lead generation. So first off, I love that. Be who you needed. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great takeaway for me. I'm going to take away from this podcast, but the other one was... Um, uh, what was the last thing you said? Lead generation, Lead generation is not, giving. you're not taking, you're, you're giving. giving. That, you're giving something of value. To me, that's a that's a mental shift. That's a, that's a mindset shift than I think mm -hmm. most people have, mm -hmm. which is why a lot of people do not like mm -hmm. prospecting, mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about here. We're talking about prospecting, right? Correct. Most people yeah. feel like, well, I'm, I'm asking and, and, I'm, and I'm looking for people to give me things. Mm -hmm. If you can just do a little bit of a mindset shift, mm -hmm. And say, hey, this is, I'm not, I'm not looking to, I'm not asking for anything. I'm trying to give. Yeah. I'm trying to help people. I love that idea. Yeah. If for no other reason than at the end of the day, you can fall asleep, you can put your head on your pillow and you can say, I at least helped one person today. That's incredible. Yeah. And the thing is, I've seen, I've seen it with brokerages. I've seen it with agencies. 
if you go into this business for the money, I don't, it doesn't work out. Why do you think that is? People can see through that. Mm. And that's not, if you're in it for the money, then your level of service and the experience that your clients get is not going to be the same as me and my team. We're in it to serve, right? So if you're, because statistics say not all of my contracts are going to go through. But if I see it as a long game, if I see it as work of service and giving something to people, and this is, this is a place where I can give back through my career and also provide for my kids, it takes the pressure off. Because if you're only focused on money, oh my gosh, you're a used car salesperson. Hmm. You just start with all, with all due respect. I love CarMax. It's a fantastic place, <laughs> right? So, and what a dear family friend of mine owns car dealerships and he's been very good to me and my kids. So he let's take him out of that pile. We're, 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 ta- we're talking about the awful yeah, car salesman. Right? That's, 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 that's what we're talking about. You know yeah. the one. He's <laughs> yeah, that's got right. commercials on TV, right? He's right down the road. Um, we're not we're not talking about my friend Billy. He's a good one. But if you come to it from a place of service, it totally removes the pressure. Think about think about the posture of serving somebody as opposed to the posture of trying to make money off of them. Hmm. Think about the difference. You know, so if you're in a brokerage and they're just in it for money, I mean, it, it'll have an expiration, you know, and the, the agents are going to start to wear out. That's where burnout comes in. 100%. Right? And there, there's a rap song, More Money, More Problems. I mean, they knew what they were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a guy, um, I listen to Ed Milet. Have you ever heard of him? I do, yeah. Fantastic podcast. He yeah. interviewed a guy, because I have to qualify that statement, because real estate agents make great livings, That's right? right? I have a great life. I'm very fortunate, but I work my tail off for it. But Ed Milet interviewed the hip-hop preacher, and the hip-hop preacher said, money's not bad. I think you need as much money as you need God. You need God and money. And I love how he said that, because he said people will vilify it. And so that that's where that comes in. If you can serve people and it can become a great career, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's your sole focus, it makes that lead gen really hard. Mm. You know, that would mean I'm going on my bike ride and the first thing out of my mouth is, want to buy a house? Do you have a pre-approval? What, what's your house worth? You know, what's your credit score? Could you imagine? Because that's the... That, the, just, that just feels cringy. <laughs> like, it, I got that's the used car guy <laughs> right, down right, the road. Right. But instead... And I'm, that's... And that's and I, I, I truly feel, going back to what I was saying earlier, I truly feel that's what most agents don't... Most agents don't want to be that way. None of us. Like, I, no, I, I, I don't... Yeah. I, I think most agents, Mm-mm. they... That's a very cringy mm-hmm. look and a very cringy feel yeah. that I think most agents want to try to stay away from. Mm-hmm. And you have... Like you have the way to do that mm-hmm. is is essentially train changing the way you think about prospecting mm-hmm. from taking to giving. Yeah. And if you can do that, business comes your way. It's really funny. Like I think if you look at any and I listen to the Ed Milet, uh, his oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Yeah. One thing that he says over and over and over is it's important to live a life of abundance and it's important to live a life of of giving. Mm-hmm. And when I think to all the people that he has on his podcast, all the people, there's so many whose successes, right? You kind of look at them as overnight successes. When you go back and you really look at what's the process they're going through day after day, and they start to get in their story a little bit, you realize that they, generally speaking, never think about money. Mm-hmm. They usually think about how to help 
and how to serve. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact same thing you're talking about here, mm -hmm. right? And, and you know, if you're an agent, you've been doing this for a few years and you're not where you want to be, mm -hmm. maybe that's something to think about and just consider, right? Yeah. What's your true motivation behind wanting to do this? You probably love real, I love real estate as yeah. an, as an investor, like I love real yeah. estate and I, I can nerd out on real estate all day long. I can talk to people about real estate all day long. So it's cool that you have a passion for real estate, mm -hmm. but I think that you have to have a bigger passion for helping people. Mm -hmm. That's how you find the success for sure. that you're looking for. Yeah. I'm an investor too. And my kid's college is already paid for. So they're 13 and nine through real estate. But that's not the story. The story is, hey, I'm only 43 and I could show you how to do it too. 100%. Right? And it's actually easier than people think it is. You just need somebody to show you show the and way. help you along. That's amazing. Yeah. That's This has been such a good conversation. This yeah. is so fun. Could you, is there any last like little bit of advice that you have for agents? Just one more thing. Um, and if it's not, we can go straight to the end. But yeah. anything else that we haven't talked about that you think would be worth mentioning for agents who are starting their business and trying to find their way in this career? We touched on it a little bit, but I would... When you become a real estate agent, you're going to get hit really hard with buy into the internet leads and um, spend your money here and spend your money there. If you're going to spend your money, spend it on a good coach. Mm. That is the one thing I would Invest spend in your yourself. money on. Because your coach will be able to help you identify what it is you would be good at in serving your people. So that's the, and, and if you don't have money to spend on a good coach, find someone who can mentor you and sit down with them and say, Hey, if I was going to pick a lane then I'm just, I have a lot cause I'm four years in. Right. And I have a lot of avenues that I'm building for my team. Um, if I only had to focus on one lane, it'd be between probate and cycling. Cause those are my people because I was a personal representative for going on four years now for an estate and it's an experience that you can only have true empathy for once you've been there and mm. done it mm. right so think of the things that are uniquely you that you could give you know and if you can't figure that out find somebody who can help you figure that out don't don't buy the internet weeds. Do not advertise on Zillow. I only got stalkers. It was horrific. Like mm. some of them, some of the voicemails I kept, I was going to send them to the county sheriff's department. Yikes. It was bad, my friend. Hmm. Do not advertise on Zillow. It works for some people, but I think for a, for a young single woman. And, and also, that's not my lane. Right. Those are not my people. Right. So if you think Zillow is your lane and you want to take those cold calls and you want to run all over the county, then do it. It's going to cost you, but I can almost promise you, if you will figure out what your personal spot is, have a coach or a mentor help you identify it and just go all in on it. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think generally speaking, it's easy to want to fall and just spend money on a tactic that you think is going to get you there faster, mm -hmm. right? To press that figurative easy button or what's, what's the thing with staples? The easy, it, button. easy button. Yeah. The big red. Easy, yeah. There's not one. Right. It's simple. Right. It's not easy. Right. 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 That's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so true. It's simple, but it's not easy. Meredith, thank you so much. Thank you. This I, is so fun. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And I'm sure everybody who's going to be seeing this, uh, that you are open and, and you share with them not only your story, but what you found to uh, have had the biggest impact on your success. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's something that a lot of people do. They kind of hoard the secrets close to the chest. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I think 
And I think that it's, uh, it's, it's not only rare to find somebody like you who's, who's willing to give, uh, so much and so openly and so freely. Uh, but it is, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a relief, you know, it's a relief to see thank that there's you. still people out there who's willing to do that. So thank yeah. you so much. It really means a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's about. All right. So if anybody out there has any questions or they're looking to get more information from you, Meredith on, yeah. on, on maybe something that they're looking for, um, where can people find you and how can they get in touch? Uh, I'll give you my phone number. Okay, sure. That's sure. called being a real estate agent. So you can call or text me at 864-884-0473. I would love to talk to you if you're an agent or if you're interested in investing or buying or just curious about Greenville or the upstate. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. Um, my channel is called Greenville Bucket List, and I believe our handle is actually moving to Greenville SC. Cool. Is our YouTube handle. Nice. So look me up on YouTube. Uh, Meredith Rigdon, give me a call or text me. I'd be more than happy if I can help you. Meredith, I'll do. This, is mean, this has meant the world. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate you. it. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, for sure. Guys, I will tell you that uh, hopefully you pulled, I felt like I, I needed a notepad to, to take <laughs> notes and to, to, to write down some of the thoughts that we were talking about here today. This has been great. Hopefully you took a little bit away from this conversation I had with Meredith, a few nuggets that may... Uh, you may be able to take and, and place into your own business and find the same success uh, or to find the success that you're looking for. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and attention. Have a great day. Thank yeah. you, Meredith. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was really helpful to you in your journey of building a business. If you like what you heard, please click subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us out tremendously when we're producing hopefully content of huge value to you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you soon.